Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the HR Cartel Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Dive. Thank you for joining us for the for what is the first podcast of 2024. Um, we're a few weeks in almost, so um, apologies for that, but we've been hit by a tornado here in the Gold Coast, so that's been a bit of a delay for us getting started again this year. Power issues, damage issues, internet issues, but hopefully it's all done. Um, the damage uh, hasn't been fixed up just yet. It's going to take some time, I think. And uh, uh, shout out to all those on the Gold Coast here and other places over that break who copped it because I think Australia copped it all over the place. East Coast was uh, was horrendous. So um, my heart goes out to all um, who are, like me, suffering with holes in roofs from tr- fallen trees and all sorts of things like that. Uh, but thankfully, we're back. Um, we're back in the game. Looking forward to a good year. Hope you are too. And since it's the start of the year, um, and I've certainly had conversations with my clients and others that have got businesses uh, about really this year focusing on getting things running right. Um, And that that comes out of a whole range of influences. You know, uh, business is is tough. Um, Everyone's still busy though. You know, there's there's been all sorts of predictions that um, you know job losses and Cost going up, having negative impacts, and uh, and IR laws having negative impacts, and all that sort of thing, probably will be true, and it's, it'll be a slow burn, I'd say. But right now, people are still very busy, um, and uh, you know there, there are some companies I'm talking to that are looking at um, structures and organisation charts and things like that, and, and figuring out if they're they're best modelled for for the future, um, be that you know a retraction or growth, whatever their plans might be. Um, and it's smart for every business to really consider those things at the start of, um, you know, years and new financial years and, and things like that anyway. So uh, what I want to talk about today is in theme or in line with those types of thoughts. Uh, and it's really a few things that have come to light in my assessment of businesses and they are the limitations that exist, you know, covering off these limitations and understanding these limitations and there's only about five or six of them that I want to run through uh, that I see occur most commonly with clients that we're doing assessments for and providing advice uh, on for commercial improvements you know but we're doing commercial improvements via HR means obviously um, so yeah there's about it's about five or six different limitations that I see commonly occur um, so we'll run through those and hopefully some of them resonate and um, this might be a good list for you to, to sit down and, and run through and really consider, do we have these limitations or do we not? And if you do have any of them, they're, they're terrible, right? They're, they're, they're going to have a bad impact on your business um, and probably knock-on effects as well. If you've got one of these issues, I guarantee you've got probably three to four or all five or so. Um, so let's get stuck into that, shall we? Um, the, the the first thing uh, that I see mostly occurring for businesses that really are, are needing to have a good hard look at themselves and, and consider with their, their position and how well they're operating, it's simply role clarity. Uh, having unclear employees or unclear positions, role clarity is low, um, all that sort of stuff, right? Now, role clarity, some people don't know what it means. So... Uh, we'll talk about that, but essentially it comes down to being able to clearly articulate, um, you know, how your work is done in your workplace. And that's not how your specific work is done, your individual work is done, but you, you need to be able to articulate clearly how every element of your work 
is performed, done, achieved in alignment with all the other parts and components of the business. That's role clarity, right? Role clarity um, is often um, you know, mistakenly just limited to a, an employee understanding what their job is. Let's write a position description. That's it. You've got role clarity now, off you go. Um, but there's so much more to it than that. An employee has to understand how work gets done in the organisation. They need to get things done through other people. They need to know how other teams function, how they work, not not to any specific degree or not to any um, advanced degree that, you know, they don't need to know. But role clarity is just as much about knowing how other people um, do their work uh, or who to use to get your work completed as it is knowing your own role. Um, so that's one thing you've got to consider when you when you look at your your workforce and think, you know, is is everyone clear? Does everyone actually know what they've got to do day in, day out? Um, and part of that, part of knowing what they've got to do day in, day out is knowing what should they be prioritizing. Having role clarity means that your people can uh, make decisions um, on what is more important and what is least important. That way they're not holding up other departments, other teams, other workflows and functions becoming a bottleneck in your organization. Um, so role clarity is a really important one. It's, 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 and that's one of the things that we check um, pretty well right away when we start talking to employees about how they feel about their role, how clear they are. Um, and they'll often say, yeah, I know, my, I know I've got good role clarity. I understand what, what my role is. So you don't, you don't stop at that question. You need to go and dive a bit deeper ask more questions that are relevant to your business and you'll soon uncover just how much role clarity exists in your business, in your organisation. So that, that, that's, that's probably the first thing I'll mention um, intentionally because uh, quite often that's where you'll make a, a big impact. Let's go on to um, organisation chart. And, yeah, frankly, it's an unorganised chart, which is the limitation. So not having an organization chart, not having any kind of hierarchy developed. And some businesses do this intentionally, right? There are some people I've worked with, uh, you know, senior executives, founders of businesses and that sort of thing, and they shy away from this. They think, oh, I don't want this bureaucracy. I don't want this hierarchy. I don't want this red tape. Um, it's all about it's our passion. It's our people. It's, you know, that's how we do things. And um, unfortunately, that doesn't work, right? Um this isn't about, this isn't about um, creating hierarchy and reporting lines and I'm more senior than you mentalities or, hey, I'm the boss, I say what happens, you're not the boss because look at the organisation chart. It's not about that. Having an organised chart determines and systemises how information can flow through your workforce. Right, it's it's the flow, or it's it's the workflows. That's essentially what it is. And all we're doing with organisation charts is making people accountable for, for for such workflows. But essentially, it's all about how does information flow through your through your organisation, so it doesn't get bottlenecked, doesn't get stuck here or there, and that the the left hand is working with the right. Um, the 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 department that's um, separated from uh, apartment uh, department. A, that's separated from Department D by two or three teams in terms of um, workflows and functionality and that sort of thing, um, knowing that they can be separated, work on different things and, and produce different elements of, of your business's products and services, 
um, but that they're working together in synergy and the information is getting to the right people at the right time um, and not holding things up. So um, organisation charts are not just about bureaucracy and hierarchy. Sure, they might create it, and if you're not skilled enough, that'll take over. Um, but it's not about that, right? You got to, you, you don't start creating organisation charts by saying, well, this person's the boss, this person's, you know, the, the, the second in charge. Yeah, forget all that. It's it's about workflow and it's about flow of flow of information and flow of work and all that sort of stuff. Get that right, right? If you're not if you haven't systemized how information moves through your workforce, that's going to be a limitation. People will make their own decisions on how it should work um, and should move through your workforce um, without any real understanding of strategic objectives and priorities in mind. The bigger picture, right? Um, so focus on that. Number three, let's think about number three here. Um, performance feedback is a problem, right? So a, a, a limitation is when your your method or your system or your frequency of feedback and performance-related feedback to your people, it's undefined. If all that is undefined, um, it's a limitation. It's going to limit how well your business functions. Um, it, it's it's going to be um, it, it's going to create redundancy in process. Uh, it's going to create redundancy in um, in tasks and duplications and all this sort of stuff, right? Um, and quite often, you know, we'll, we'll see in organisations where this process of feedback, these mechanisms of feedback and performance management and that sort of thing, where it's undefined um, in in the larger teams. Uh, we'll, we'll see where some leaders do it really well. They're comfortable with difficult conversations. They're comfortable with feedback and that sort of thing, right? Um, whereas others are not quite so. And then what happens is you've got these multiple speeds, you've got these dual speeds in your organisation. You've got teams with, with leaders that do this well who um, can quickly respond to challenges, who can um, ad adapt, adjust, uh, who can take criticism on the chin a lot better because they're used to hearing it more, um, uh, it, it, just who respond better to challenges. Um, and, then, and then in the same business, in the same organisation, in the same room, you've got other teams who really struggle with it, who make up their own rules because they're not getting performance feedback enough or the, the only feedback they get is when something goes wrong and they're getting a warning or a slap on the wrist or something like that. Um they, if you try to pull them aside and give criticism or feedback, constructive feedback and criticism, it's not taken that well. They're just not used to hearing it. It's a threat to them, you know, and, that, and that's a natural human response, right? Uh, a good leader needs to be able to, um, you know, massage these conversations, understand the emotional response that might happen with the people they're talking to and try to get try and manage it as best as they can. The best way you can um, reduce how different that response might be across your organization is to have this thing defined, have it standardized, have it defined. Okay. Um, so that's a limitation that you, that you want to make sure that you're assessing as well. Let's move through number four, number four. Um, this is when your leaders are not on the same page. And what I mean by that is not that your leaders are underperforming or, uh, they're doing the wrong thing and that sort of stuff, right? But um, you, you've got a leadership team um, and that could be two people. 
It could be 10 people. doesn't really matter. Um, leaders are not on the same page when the head of that leadership team, the CEO, the COO or the chair or whatever that is, hasn't um, effectively done the strategic uh, work identifying the strategic objectives and 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 the the, the focus of the organization and hasn't effectively communicated that well enough to their leadership team. Um, maybe they haven't done it in such a way that aligns the team. So let's think about a strategic a list of strategic objectives that have been identified by the business owner, by the CEO or someone like that. And um, then we look at, uh, we cascade those things down. So for these strategic objectives, let's say we want to increase revenue by 200% within three years, what, what that means for team A is different to team B and different to team C and different to team D. Um, however, the cascading work hasn't been done effectively enough. And, and as such, these people, the leaders of, the, of, the, of these teams understand that, okay, we've got to increase revenue by 200%. But team A is working against team B just because the, the leaders aren't haven't been um, strategically aligned. They're trying the best they can with the best ideas they've got to achieve that outcome for you, the leader, the, the CEO, the exec, um, but you haven't done the alignment work to make sure that they're all working together to compound that activity, to get there quicker and to achieve those results and they start working against each other. So um, leaders not being on the same page Big limitation, massive limitation, actually. Look, let's go number five. We're getting through this quick, aren't we? And they're, and they're, they're, they're coming to mind. There might be more than five or six. Uh, there might be 10 to 20. Who knows? Um, I think I think you, you, you want to talk about systems now. Number five is systems. Systems are not supporting the productivity required that your people need to produce the outcomes they're being measured against. Um, now, a, a sign of this is um, to understand if this is happening in your business, you're going to see people making their own rules or their own workarounds um, to bypass the technology you've got in, in, in your in your company. Um, now, small businesses that grow fast, they, this happens to them a fair bit. Um, they implement this system, this app, this software, this uh, tool, this document, that spreadsheet, and, and you're trying to run a business. Well, they, they're trying as best they can to keep up with the pace of the business growth and, and they're, they're working as hard as they can and they're finding short-term solutions uh, and trying to make, plug it all together and make it work. And we've often walked into businesses with, you know, a, a, a plan to grow even more, but they've rapidly gone from, you know, 5, 10, 15 employees to 50, 60, 70. And they've got, you know, 16, 17 different systems that the that the teams are all using across across the organization and some teams use some of those systems and apps and software and others don't and they refuse to because it doesn't suit what they need it to do um so they they're doing things in spreadsheets whereas these guys are doing a cloud-based uh system that talks to zero and you know it's it's a chaos it, it's a it's a chaotic environment um so when your systems are not supporting your employees to do the job that they've got to be do or they're being asked to to, to do You've really got to stop and assess all that and get it right. Um, minimize all those systems and and choose the right one and drop the, drop away the rest because that um, limits your productivity in a big way, in a really big way. Um, it will create bottlenecks. It will frustrate your people. You'll lose good performing people 
because they hate working in environments that are, that are chaotic like that. They, it limits them and their own performance and their own, their own job satisfaction, their own feeling of worth, their own ability to get rewarded for better, for better performance. It gets in their way. They're going to they're gonna go and leave you, right? And that's not good for, you, for your productivity. That's a limitation. Um, well, and, and, I, and I don't want to keep on banging on about all these all these things, but um, I might I might I might have a number six. I don't think it's I don't really think it's um, much of a limitation. But look, let, let, let's consider the, the, those last five. Um, we spoke about having unclear roles and, and lack of role clarity in your organisation. We spoke about having um, an unorganised chart rather than an organisation chart. So an unorganized chart means that no one really knows or can understand how information works and moves through your workforce. It's not about the hierarchy. It's not about who's the boss and who's not. It's about information moving through. Um, number three was that your performance or your feedback mechanisms, your feedback conversations and performance management systems aren't um, clearly defined. They're undefined. Um, that's going to cause you limitations and multiple speeds of performance across your business that causes bottlenecks and frustrations, right? Um, number four, we spoke about, uh, that was about leaders being on the same page or not. Um, get your leaders on the same page. Get them in a room together. Um, get them out of meetings and things that they shouldn't be getting involved in. Put them in a room together. Get them clearly aligned on the cascaded strategic objectives and what they what they mean for their own departments. And so they're all working together, compounding the activity, getting the result quicker. Um, and, and number five was that last time we spoke about, which was the systems. Make sure your systems aren't causing productivity issues and your, your people, your employees, aren't just simply finding workarounds and you know, saving documents on their own local drive when they should be in SharePoint and, and you know, all these things. Um, you know, it might sound small, but when you've got 30, 40, 50 people doing them, even five, six or seven, um, it all compounds. The problem compounds. It gets worse and worse every day. So get on top of that systems problem. Look, number six. Let's talk about number six. It's probably not so much a limitation, but it pr- probably more, more of a sign that there are limitations that you need to address. And, and this can be for, for your customers and it can be also for your people, your internal people. And it's failing to deliver on your brand promise. And when I say brand promise, um, that's a term that's fresh in my mind because I've been doing some some commercial and uh, commercial and brand uh, work on my own business. But um, brand promise it doesn't just mean in my in my world it doesn't just mean um, you know delivering to to the marketplace what your business states it will deliver um, and consistently deliver and provide. Um, in my world, this applies to people as well. There's such thing as a, an employer brand. Now, it, it, you, your employer brand will attract the right people. It will attract the better performers um, and the market will talk about you as an employer um, and some businesses want to be an employer of choice. Being an employer of choice is about all these things we spoke about. All these limitations um, will kill your employer brand. They'll frustrate people. They'll do all sorts of damage to the experience your employees have. That then translates into what your employer brand is. Um, so, you know, let's look at, you know, are, are your employees able to deliver the work that you're asking them to deliver? No? Well, that's upsetting your customers. Um, that's 
destroying your brand promise to your customers. Um, you 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 don't want that, right? You you'll know that pretty quickly because your profit's going to dive. Your sales will will not your sales targets won't be reached. Um, you'll find it difficult to bring in new business. Well, if that's happening, I guarantee you it's also happening for your people internally. Talk to your managers and talk about what complaints they're hearing. If you've got a HR person that you work with, um, now, yeah, this is what we do as a consulting company. Um, I don't want to talk too much about how we work because it's uh, it's it's all top secret, you know. Um, but you know, value uh, that a business should get from a HR department, which I don't see them get this that much. Um, if you've got HR people working on your business, those HR people should be telling you what conversations are happening in your workplace. Um, you, as the leader, the owner, the executive, whatever position you're in, must listen to it and give it value. You must value that feedback. What most businesses are guilty of, and I see this time and time again, is just saying, oh, that's just, uh, she's 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 a dick. Don't worry about her. She complains about everything or, oh, uh, yeah, but that's because, you know, he, he said that bad thing because he he was he got reprimanded for doing something last week, or you know, uh, yeah, all that sort of stuff. Oh, they, 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 don't don't worry, don't worry about all those throwaway lines, you know, blah blah blah, whatever. Um, that's a mistake, right? Um, people who are more senior in the business, the more senior you are, um, the further away from a reality, or the the further away from the real picture of the of the workplace. Um, that's the impression you get, right? Um, I probably stumbled over that explanation, that thought just then. So I'll give you an example. The CEO walks into the business, into the workplace. Everyone knows. CEO's here. Whoop, sit up straight, uh, smile, say, oh, you know, hello, how are you doing? And have, have a good, friendly, warm chat. Um, and this, wherever the CEO goes in the business, it's the same response. It's the same reaction people have to that CEO. Um, it's a comfortable, it's a nice workplace. It feels good. People are happy. Everyone's happy to see them. Uh, there's no complaints. It's a CEO. You know, that's not the genuine picture of your workplace. You know, that CEO thinks and feels like the organization is focused on the strategic objectives that that, per, that CEO created, spoke to their leaders about, um, encouraged their leaders to go out and perform, is measuring the, the organization on. Um, that's not what's what is what your people are focusing on, though, right? The further away from the strategic level you get, the less focused they are on that sort of stuff. Um, what your people are complaining about, talking about, whinging about, um, having frustrations about, is what they're focused on in your business. Limitations. They are limitations, aren't they? I said number six wasn't going to be a limitation. More of a more of a, a, a symptom. I think I lied. It's a limitation. So pay attention to that stuff. You know, that brand promise means that you're, you're failing to deliver your brand promise means that your customers aren't happy. Um, if that's happening, your people aren't going to be happy as well because there's there's all sorts of reasons why your brand promise can't be delivered, um, and it's due to limitations again. All right. Well, look. I, I, you know that that's that's a that's enough. I think that's enough. Um, what I would encourage anyone listening to this to do is really just look at those five or six items, 
sit down and just write them down and just do a sense check. Just just check yourself. Um, and you know, are there be honest? Are there limitations or are there not? Are there errors? Are there, is there clarity that can be provided to leaders, people, whoever? Just go and do it. You know, like 2024, a lot of clients that, I, that I'm talking to, their plan this year is to make sure their business functions as best it can. They might be reducing their workforce. They might be growing their workforce. Um, they might be entering new markets. They might be just st- staying put with their current markets. It doesn't matter what the differences are. They all seem to be focused on, okay, this year we've got to get better operational operationally. We've got to make sure that um, our business functions really well. We've got to make sure that we're not blowing out costs and all that sort of stuff because I think the fear is still there that cost is going to go up even further and um, yeah, markets will tighten and all that sort of stuff. It's All that fear is still there. So rightly so, they're, they're talking about this sort of stuff. Um, so I encourage you again, sit down, consider these five or six different things and be honest with yourself. Give yourself a score on on, on how you think you're going and speak to your leaders and your people about it and get, get some real honest answers. If you're a CEO of a larger, a larger business, you're probably not going to get honest answers. If you ask, you ask your people for um, their feedback on, on these types of things and you say, look, be, be critical, um, tell me the honest truth, they're not going to, right? They're just not going to, um, you know, engage us to do a little survey for you. No, that's a good way to do it. Um, if you've got HR people, they're probably not going to tell HR either. Um, you know, e- externally provided surveys are a good way to, to get a good sense check. Um, but, you know, you can reach out and ask how you might do that. We'll be happy to oblige. But you know what? It's one more limitation that I want to talk about. And it's something I've experienced with clients and, and businesses I've worked with in the past. Um, and not to be critical of of leaders here or founders and that sort of thing, um, but it, it, it the the it's an important one to get your head around. And if you're listening to this and you're a founder of a business or you know, a managing director, you know you, you're you're the top dog. You're at the top of the chart, um, and what you say goes essentially. Um, there's a personal limitation there that impacts the entire organisation. Um, Ego is tied to it and, um, you know, a, a founder or a director or someone at that level um, whose personal, uh, you know, personal value, their own self-worth feelings is wrapped up in their role that they hold um, and their reputation and, and that sort of thing will be the ones who struggle with this. Um, and I'm sure others listening to this have seen this before as well. Um, a, a big limitation on how any organization performs is the leader of any team, be it the chair, be it the, the managing director, the founder, the CEO, the COO, or just managers and supervisors. Um, those teams are limited by their leader's attitude and willingness to accept that they don't know everything. Um their ability to understand that their knowledge and capability is limited in the areas that those limitations exist and then being able to act on those limitations and employ the right people around them who are smarter than them in those areas. Um, you know, you, you, you probably heard business people and strategists talk about this all the time, uh, but it, it's so prevalent. It's so prevalent and it's not, you know, the people who are at the top of the organizations will hear this most 
and they probably have the most time and ability to work on this about themselves and get better at it. Um, but that's not the only place it exists. It exists at every single level of the organization. And the further down the chart you go, if this is um, evident or if this exists in one of your team managers' psyche, their mentality, their their, their own makeup, and they don't have the ability or the, the, the conscientiousness or the emotional intelligence to actually sit and go, you know what, I'm shit at A, B, and C, and I need to get people who are better than that at me. Oh, shit, hang on. That's going to make me look bad. That's very prevalent at those lower levels. Now, those lower levels are execution positions, right? They're not strategic in nature. They're not decision makers and thinking big picture and looking three years ahead. As it gets down there, we're talking about frontline teams, execution-focused positions, the jobs that get the work done, where the rubber hits the road, where you achieve your strategy. That's where it is. And if those managers aren't able to get out of their own way, um, you've got a problem on your hands. There's seven limitations. We ended up with seven. Um, Focus on those. Look, there's, there's a lot there. We can probably keep going to 100 if we really want to. Um, you know, almost 20 years in this game, there's, uh, you know, I, I can give examples of every single thing that we just spoke about and, uh, and, and then some. So the, the, the list would probably be endless. In my view, um, those, those few things we've, we've already discussed are well worth the consideration. Go ahead and do that. Thanks for joining me. First podcast back of 2024. Um, this is going to be a good year. I'm, I'm pretty confident and positive about it. Um, look, until next time, keep a tight workplace and, uh, and we'll talk then.